Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Dr. Joseph Blondo is a clinical microbiologist and head of clinical microbiology at Saskatoon's Royal University Hospital and the University of Saskatchewan. And Dr. Blondo joins us on the Chorus Radio Network. Dr. Blondo, thank you very much for the time. And let me start with vaccines with you. Should anyone planning to be vaccinated or who has a vaccination appointment be concerned about the vaccine they may receive? Well, first of all, thanks very much for asking me to come on. Um, No, I I think that um, uh, as the data continues to unfold, uh, we know that the vaccines are protective in in high numbers uh, based on, you know, the worldwide evidence that's been generated. And we also know that that COVID is a, a virus that, uh, you know, initially was affecting uh, people of the older age groups uh, with comorbid disease. But uh, some of the variants of concern uh, are now affecting younger individuals. So when you weigh the pros and cons of either getting infected and and possibly uh, having a more severe infection versus being vaccinated and protected, I think the answer is clearly to go with the vaccine. And, and of the vaccines that are approved in this country, uh, we consider them all to be safe. If I could just concentrate for a moment on uh, the younger Canadians who are becoming infected, and we're hearing this, and you just mentioned it, will the coronavirus um, just continue to to um, to create more variants? And my question is, if these variants are capable of really damaging a younger body with a better um, immune system, will these variants be even a greater threat to the older population of the country? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a question that uh, it, it's it's one that will have to be based on speculation in terms of the answer, because, you know, as our more elderly members of the population get immunized across the country, clearly they're having a level of protection that they didn't have earlier in the pandemic. Um, and, and we do know that, that the vaccines do have at least some level of activity against these variants. So it may be hard to answer that question uh, directly. But clearly, I, I think one of the concerns that we have to have is if, if you happen to be a person who's in a more advanced age group and you do have some comorbid diseases and you are not vaccinated and you haven't previously had COVID, then you really need to seriously consider getting in line and getting your vaccine. Dr. Blondo, what are you seeing in Saskatoon and in Saskatchewan that is of particular interest to you that you're taking note of? And just share that with the rest of us, please, across the country. Yeah, well, I think what what we're seeing is, uh, you know, when people are showing up to the vaccine centers here, they have uh, three concerns. Um, and, and, you know, one of the concerns that they have is that the vaccine is not efficacious, um, uh, particularly if you're referring to the AstraZeneca vaccine. They have concerns about blood clots. And there's even some individuals that are saying, well, you know, it's going to change my DNA because somebody told me that or I read it somewhere. Um, and, and the reality is, is that, you know, we have a virus that's still spreading throughout our population, as we already talked about, certainly now seeing it in the elderly population. We have some variants of concern that are circulating in our province. And, and some of the information I think that people are picking up on social media is just bad information. Um, and I think it's scaring them or misleading them to the point that they're really hesitant about the vaccine. But you ask what's going on in this province, uh, what's going on and what's of interest is that the virus is still here. It's still spreading. We're seeing it uh, spread in younger populations. I think we're seeing people let their guards down because I think the pandemic is over and it's clearly not. Um, and we still have a need to get more vaccines in the arms of people in the, who live in this province and across the country.
What's being done to uh, to modify uh, the vaccines that we have now to to strengthen them to make them capable of dealing with emerging variants of COVID? And will vaccine development be able to keep abreast of COVID mutations? Well, I think I think that you raise a really great question here. Now, the first thing is is that we hear from you know the manufacturers of the existing vaccines that they're already back at the drawing table and looking at perhaps developing either new vaccines or modifying their existing vaccines to take into account any of the concerns that related, related to the uh, variants. Um, it, it really, um, it's, it's uncertain at this point in time, you know, how much more change we might expect from this virus. But I think given the nature of these particular viruses and the fact that mutants do uh, occur and, and therefore variants do arise, I think for the foreseeable future, um, we have to continue to monitor any mutants and variants that do arise. We do have to determine whether or not these will be effectively handled by our current vaccines. And if not, then we'll have to go back to the drawing board and have the vaccine manufacturers come up with uh, new vaccines that perhaps would be, uh, you know, start a whole new vaccine cycle, or at least one of the manufacturers looking at uh, perhaps giving a, a second or third booster shot uh, in order to, you know, build up your antibody in anticipation that just having a sort of a more of a boost to your antibody response will be sufficient for these variants. So I think, you know, despite the fact that these variants are concerning, those that are in the manufacturing business for vaccines are already on top of this, uh, sort of looking at what we need to do next. One of the questions that I see increasingly in email has to do with mixing vaccines. And uh, generally the emails point to the 16-week wait that NASI has uh, approved. 16 weeks between your first and your second jab. And people are saying or writing, well, if I, for example, get Pfizer as my first jab and uh, four or five weeks down the road, Moderna is available, should I mix? Can I mix? Will it improve the situation or would we just be starting all over again? Yeah, I mean, at this point in time, at least on my last reading of the of the literature, you know, all of these recognized bodies like the CDC, Health Canada, the European Union, et cetera, World Health Organization, uh, they're all still uh, standing on the fact that you should follow your your first vaccine with a shot uh, by the same manufacturer. So if you got Pfizer, you should get Pfizer. If you got Moderna, you get Moderna, and then the same for AstraZeneca. The, the 16 weeks, I'm not so sure I'm as concerned about that as others are. And the reason being is I think there's some good evidence in the literature that we do have antibody to uh, uh, these viruses for you know quite a period of time. There's some literature now on eight or nine months, and it's probably longer than that. And by spacing out the vaccines uh, uh, dosing, it, it means that you get more individuals to get at least one dose quicker before you start giving the second dose. And that, in turn, is bringing up the level of herd immunity in the population. And that's that number, whatever that magical number is that we want to get to, where it actually slows the spread of the virus in the population because we have so many people either immune as a result of natural infection or from immunization. So I don't, the, the 12 to 16 weeks is not a huge concern for me, and I don't think it should be for others as well. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.